I'd like you all to please stand and welcome our teacher this morning, Reverend Garrett Bova. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. Take a seat. You guys doing good this morning? Me too. I feel great. I'm blessed. It's exciting to see you guys. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, your presence just fires me up. Because we're here to follow Jesus Christ, and knowing that I'm not the only one excites me. So, <laughs> amen to that. So, here's, uh, here's, this is what I want, I just want to pray right now. Father, you're awesome. You are so good, Dad. Father, I thank you for this morning, and what a blessing it is to be able to hear your words through the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and I pray, Father, that you give me words to speak this morning to your people. Father, may every word that is heard and understood turn into action, Father. And that action to give you glory. Father, we love you so much. Thank you so much for this time, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit to just fill this place, fill our hearts as we hear your word and as we allow the helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach us exactly what you want each of us to know. Father, we love you so much, and I thank you, Father, for this opportunity. And it's in Christ I pray. Amen. Something, uh, I, the, the leadership here and I, we, we talk a lot about, and I don't know if maybe we, we say it as much as, as we ought to, um, but the mission that we believe uh, that God has called this ministry to is to make disciples. Uh, in order to make disciples, we ought to be disciples first. And that is the great commission that Jesus Christ gave us. In Matthew 28, he says, All power and authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So when anyone talks up here, or whenever we come together, let it be in light of, following Jesus that much closer, being a stronger disciple, growing as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then also with the commission to make disciples, to multiply that. We on the same page with that? Be disciples, make disciples. Be disciples, make disciples. Be disciples, make disciples. So uh, in in light of that, we're going to look at some things this morning Uh, If you have Bibles with you, turn to the book of Joshua. And um, yeah, it's neat, you know, even in in the Old Testament, we can understand uh, following Christ closer and discipleship. So Joshua, uh, we're going to roll into there in in just a second here. I want to give us a little bit of background before we, we enter into reading this book, uh, you have this man, Abraham, who's found great favor in God's eyes, and God promises to bless Abraham and all of his descendants. 
You can take that off right now. Um, and, and to bless all of his descendants. And they're called the children of Israel. And so uh, what they do is they end up disobeying God. And they find themselves in slavery to Egypt for 400 years. Okay. Then God raises up this leader, Moses, and Moses leads them out of slavery, and they're about to enter into this promised land, this land that God had promised to bless them, to give them great provision, um, a place of freedom. And in their preparation to enter into this land, uh, Moses sends out 12 spies to go check out the land. Because they have to take it over. It's already occupied. But God said, hey, I'm going to give you that land. Um, You just got to trust me. So Moses sends out these 12 spies. And these guys come back. And all but two come back with a bad report to the children of Israel. And that report is filled with fear. And it stirs up distrust uh, amongst the camp. Uh, But the two guys who... Uh, were brave and who trusted God, took, took God at his word, who said, I'm going to give you land, were two young men by the name of Joshua and Caleb. And so because of this distrust throughout the camp of Israel, God gets upset and says, you know what? You're not worthy to enter into uh, this promised land or, or this generation isn't. And in fact, Moses, you won't be able to enter into the promised land either. Uh, It's going to have to be after this generation dies off, and I'm going to raise up a new leader who will then enter, allow the people to enter and take possession of this promised land that I've given you. And so that's kind of this running head start that we're going to take as we enter into reading Joshua here. And so I want to start with Joshua 1, if we could. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you, Joshua, shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left hand, so that you may have good success wherever you go. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua gets this promise from God. He says, you are going to be the one to cause the people to enter into the promised land. 
this is, this, is, this is my plan for you. This is your destiny. But what I'm charging you with is also this encouragement to be strong and courageous. And then he tells him in verse 6, he says, the book, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. So the encouragement is this. Look, Joshua, I've got these plans for you to cause the people to enter into the promised land. However, I need you to be strong and I need you to be courageous. And what I'm encouraging you to do is to meditate on my word day in and day, day in and night, so that you can actually do it, so that you will be a demonstration of my word. So you can walk out what I'm encouraging you to do. And the word meditate here, the the idea to meditate... um, in this context, is to actually speak the words of God over yourself, like in prayer. Speaking truth over yourself so that you may also walk out in that truth. What I want to point out is that in, in the Old Testament, it's said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Point is this, that it's all about Jesus Christ and the coming kingdom. And that kingdom that is here right now. The kingdom of God. And in scripture what you see is, you see this promised land, it is as of a metaphor for the kingdom of God. The promised land is a metaphor for the kingdom of God that we have available to us today. And when we read scripture, I want us to be super clear on this, because this is, this is what makes reading God's word very, very exciting. That when you see promises like this to men and women that walked with God, in Christ, we can claim some of these promises as ours. Like, as in God will never leave you or forsake you. Okay. In verse 6, where God tells Joshua, he says, you will cause the people to inherit the land. I want you to see this, and I want you to take maybe ownership of it and realize that God is telling you that... You shall cause the people around you to inherit the kingdom of God. See, because like I said earlier, everything we, everything we read and understand, let it be in light of following Christ closer. And let it be in light of our great commission to make disciples. I want people around me to inherit the kingdom of God. I think Stephen, in praying earlier, said, Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your kingdom, transferring us out of darkness and into light. That's Colossians 1.13. For God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. So we have the ability now to partake in this kingdom of light. God's kingdom. In making disciples, 
and bringing people along with us. We're called to encourage them to walk and enjoy the privileges of the kingdom of God. Am I making sense on this so far? Okay. Okay. If not, please let me know. That's a huge responsibility to help people enter into the kingdom of God. What a privilege. And we have the ability to do it, like Joshua. We have the ability and the responsibility to help people enter into what God has promised for them. See, like the children, the children of Israel, God had set this before them. He had set the promised land before them. But just because he had set it before them, that, doesn't, that didn't necessarily mean that they had the ability to, to actually take possession of it. Much like the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is available to us, but not everybody's walking in the kingdom of God. I, I put it like this. So, so the kingdom of God is, is a place where we get to enjoy our privileges that God has made available to us, the authority that we have available to us in Christ. And that is when we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we follow Jesus Christ, we can operate in light of who he has called us to be in his kingdom. Uh, I, I sometimes put it like this, like my, our, our kids, we have internet at the house, high-speed internet. There are kids, they get to enjoy the high-speed internet at the Bova household. If they go to the neighbor's household, they're still my kids, but they just, they just don't get to enjoy our high-speed internet. <laughs> kind of like the kingdom. You can be God's son and daughter because you've confessed Christ as your Lord, but if you are operating outside of Christ, you're not walking in the kingdom and the authority and the privileges that you have available to you. Does that make sense? As children of light and ambassadors of Christ, we have the ability and responsibility to bring people into the kingdom of life and to sh- kingdom of light and to show them what it looks like. I'm just not totally convinced that, that we totally get that. Sometimes I think we, we, we put um, ourselves far below the standard that, that God has for us. But we've got it. We've got the ability. We've got the responsibility. And I look at Joshua in, in these verses, and I think, well, how did, how did this guy get here? How did this guy get here to be chosen by God, to be the one to cause the people to enter into the land? And so what I want to do is I want to back up, and I want to look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, just go on back. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 38. And so I told you earlier that Moses got word from God. As God spoke to him, he says, you know what? You're not going to be able to enter into the promised land, but I'm going to raise up someone else. And this is God speaking to Joshua here. Uh, In verse 38, he says, Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter. So God's telling Moses that Joshua is going to be the one to enter. And then God commands Moses to encourage him. For he shall cause Israel to inherit it. And then at the end of the book, so that's God telling Moses 
what's about to happen. He's telling Moses, my wife's yawning, uh-oh. <laughs> Stay with me, come on, come on. God's telling Moses about Joshua's destiny. And he's encouraging, he's commanding Moses to encourage Joshua. Okay? At now the end of the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 31, verse 7, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So Moses gets a charge from God about Joshua's destiny, and God tells Moses to encourage Joshua. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, God calls Joshua before him in front of all the people, and he encourages Joshua. What we see here is an Old Testament example of one who is being discipled. You have Moses taking care of his young servant Joshua, encouraging him up because he knows of the impact that that man is going to have for God. What I want to propose is this, that there are so many people among us that are marked for kingdom greatness. And they're young, but it takes us to encourage them along into their calling, into where God has destined them to to go. Joshua and his leadership and the man that he's become, I see in Scripture that he is a product of Moses being obedient to the Father and pouring into him, encouraging him. There's a, there's a whole bunch of charges for this man Joshua to be strong and courageous. That's a thing that God told him to encourage him in. Encourage him in. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You're going to do great things, but just be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And you would think that, like, Joshua's some weak and, and timid guy. You know? I want to back up even more. And I want to look at numbers. And you know how I mentioned that there was two men that didn't come back with a bad report, didn't come back with a report of fear to the children of Israel when they looked at the promised land, when they went to go seek it out? This record right here in Numbers 14 is what happened right after that. Okay, And I want to look at this. This is good. Numbers 14.1, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron were the leaders at that time, okay? The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, 
or would that we had died in the wilderness? Why is this Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back into Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader to go back into Egypt. Again, to go back into slavery. They were so freaked out and they had so much distrust in God that they were searching the camp to find a leader to take them back into slavery. They're like, man, it'd be better for us to go back into slavery than to go where God wants us to go. And God was promising this promised land. And so, um, where are we at? Five. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephana, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of all the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. The Lord delights in us. And he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. <laughs> but, the Lord, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. So you've got this, Moses and Aaron, all the people are, are just, just complaining, so scared, so much distrust in God, and they saw God part the sea, they saw God provide for them here and there, and yet they're, they're scared, and they're searching for someone to lead them back into slavery, and you've got Moses and Aaron, it says, they just fell on their faces, in the midst of the assembly. It's almost like, what else can we say? What else can we possibly do? Like, I cannot even believe this. And then it takes Joshua to step up and say, I've been there. Don't be afraid. We got God with us. He's going to bring us into it. Huge act of bravery. He wasn't fearful there. Side note on this one. Sometimes for a movement of God to continue, it's going to take voices of young leaders that are bold and courageous to step up and to back the vision. Sometimes current leadership just has, that they, they can't say anything else. <laughs> I just love so much when, when there are people that, that I've been discipling step up and with great bravery and speak truth into people. That's how the movement of God continues. It takes young, bold leaders to step up and to speak the things of God. So, getting back on topic here. Joshua, this is a great characteristic of his. My guy is fearless, he seems. 
He's bold. He's courageous. And yet, that is the same thing that God told Moses to continue to encourage him in. And you see this in Scripture throughout the book of Joshua. And I believe that sometimes our greatest strength, the greatest strength that we possess is that very thing that we need to be encouraged in. Sometimes our greatest outward strength, we see it as a weakness. And we talk ourselves out of the strength that God has given us. But it takes people to look into you and to see the strength that you have and actually speak encouragement into it, to speak truth into it, to encourage you along in your strength that you possess, your God-given ability. I want us to be aware of the strengths of people around us. And I want us to speak into that. This is part of discipleship. Part of discipleship is helping them grow into who they are in Christ, but building them up, building them up into who God has called them to be. Because sometimes that is that very thing that we talk ourselves out of personally. And we just need someone to build us up. Jesus, in John 17, Jesus says, And for their sake I consecrate myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. The word consecrate is to set yourself apart for holy use, to holy, for, for holy service unto God. Jesus says, Father, I, I, sanct- I consecrate myself. I set myself apart for holy service unto you so that they may be sanctified, so that they may be set apart for holy service. In our mindset of following Christ and being disciples of Jesus, we want to take on that same mentality. Father, I set myself apart for holy service unto you so that we can make them great. Father, what is it that you're doing with the people around me that that I can partake in? How can I help them grow into their destiny? How can I help them, Father, grow into the man, into the woman that you have called them to be for your kingdom impact so that they can also be people to help people enter into what God has for them? Joshua says this in chapter 3. We're going back to Joshua, yes. In chapter 3, verse 5, Then Joshua said to the people, he says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. When we set ourselves apart for holy service unto God, we get to see God do absolute wonders in the midst of us. Wonders among us. It's when we set ourselves apart for holy service unto the Lord. Like that promise that was given to Joshua when he says, you shall cause the people to inherit the promised land. I'm telling you this morning that you shall cause people to enter into the kingdom of God. You shall cause them to do that. 
you have the ability and responsibility to make that happen. You're going to have to be strong and courageous. And you're going to have to give them a demonstration of what it looks like to be free, to walk like Jesus, to walk in his kingdom. But God would never, ever command us to do something that we did not have the power and the authority to do, the ability to do. So when you don't feel strong, let me tell you, you are strong. When you don't feel courageous, you have the opportunity to choose courage. Jesus said uh, to Paul in Acts, he says, take courage, Paul. Jesus wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't command you to take hold of something if, if, if you couldn't do it. We can cause people to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? Stand up with me, guys. Let's pray. Guys, join hands together. Let's do that this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for choosing us, Dad. Thank you for choosing us in your Son to make people great, Father. To bring them into their calling. To bring them closer to you. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to see light. To be a part of your kingdom. Father, I, I ask you to help us understand steps that you would have us take in helping people around us grow into who you've called them to be. Father, thank you for showing us the great potential in people around us. Father, thank you for eyes for us to see that we don't look at people's weaknesses, but we look into their hearts and we, in communion with you, see their potential for greatness. Father, I thank you so much for giving us the greatest example, Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for the example that he set for us as he set himself apart for holy use. And I pray, Father, that we as followers of Christ walk in the same footsteps. Father, I thank you for just your word, and I pray that we can leave here, Father, and take action upon this. That we can speak words of truth into people's lives, speak words of encouragement, and that we can give them an example of what it looks like to be people who are free, who operate in full possession of the kingdom of your Son. Father, we love you so much. And I just thank you for these things this morning. It is in the name of Christ Jesus, I pray.
Amen.